Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 189, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Thursday, June 17th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm not thick, but I'm not svelte. And I'm Jong-un, son of Jong-il. Uh, that is courtesy of Tyler Alton at Sphincter Says. Uh, Classic. Got me again. Got him again. But, uh, yeah, flagpole sitter about the newly slimmed down, trimmed down, hot Kim Jong-un. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I might be that chug boy on that cold brew or Italy. Yeah, give me tuna meat, a Jay Dilla beat, and her majesty. Yeah, Woo. okay, shout out to Christy Yamaguchi, man. You combined all my interests, cold brew, Italy, Subway tuna, and Jay Dilla. You missed weed, though, so you almost got them all, and Damn. my partner, her majesty. Uh, but shout out to you for that wonderful Into the Groove, a.k.a. Our alarm would have gone off if he had hit hit them all. Uh, but <laughs> hit every close. dimension of my personality. <laughs> uh, well, Miles, we mm-hmm. are thrilled, blessed to be joined by the hosts of the Web Crawlers podcast, two great writers and teammates on the Pistol Shrimps basketball team. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Melissa Stetton and Ali Siegel! Hey, 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 hey. Hi. Hi. Actually, oh. Allie's, Allie's not on the basketball team. She She's an honorary member. I was going to say, Jack, that's Allie. I don't think Allie's official. I actually asked uh, when they were having tryouts <laughs> oh, again, and uh, no one circled back to me. Oh. So, COVID happened. We haven't played in a year. No, I saw you guys you posted a picture of yourselves playing. So I right. saw it. Ooh. My bad. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Can I make two comments really quickly? Yes. Yeah. Please. Okay. Um, Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta is my favorite song of all time. And also, one time I got food poisoning from a uh, Subway tuna sandwich in sixth grade, and I threw up on stage during rehearsal for the class play. And I haven't had a tuna Subway sandwich since. Oh, my good. We knew Wait, both what? of those facts. And <laughs> yes. that's why we did those AKs for I thought you. so. Yeah. But we <laughs> fucked up the pistol shrimps part. See, we got to go to our research team and someone's getting fired. But uh, yeah, uh, what, was, what was the play and what was your role? Um, it was a play on Greek mythology that okay. my music teacher created and made oh. up. So oh, yeah. she wrote oh, all my the songs God. and wrote the play. I feel like it was like an off-Broadway production that she just brought to my elementary school. And I played Hera. Did you grow up in LA? Zeus's wife. Yes, I did. Okay, that feels like a very LA teacher. The teacher's like, so I wrote this musical that we're going to have a production of. I went to a private elementary school. Yeah, I went to a private school Right, okay, gotcha. I feel that. Oh, that's amazing. Were you able to work it into your character? Like kind of improv off of the. Oh yeah, totally. The, yeah. yeah, it was. It flowed right in. Just tuna subway everywhere. It just it seamlessly. And Melissa, where 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 do you hail from originally? I'm from the great state of Michigan, Kalamazoo. Uh, shout out to Hander. Shout yeah. If, if you're looking at the hand, I'm where like yet? Ah, okay. down here, southwest. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, did you have any? Terrible experiences with Subway Tuna, Jay Dilla, Weed, Madonna, Black Bull Sitta, just making sure. No, I do love that song because it's a theme song of the show Peep Show, like the British mm. comedy show. Yeah, it's yeah, my right. favorite show. Okay. I think we can all agree, uh, since we're talking about how good that song is, that I nailed it, my performance of it, right? You're, it was your songbird. You're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I've got perfect pitch. Uh, you do. Melissa grew up shucking it. corn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Wait, corn really? Detasseling. What's corn detasseling? That, that <laughs> sounds a, fancy. It's a job I had because when you were like fourteen or fifteen, you could work as a corn detasseler, and they would you would wake up at like five a.m. They'd put you on a school bus, and you we went to Indiana to these cornfields, and you would just pull the tassels off the corn. You would just walk through the fields, and it was so hot, and you would get this thing called corn rash because like. Uh. <laughs> would wipe up against your arms and you i mean you got paid like i don't know eight dollars an hour which was like huge back then especially for child labor yeah 
Yeah, but it was humor. nuts. They would like give you five minutes for lunch and like oh my God. <laughs> I would get sunburned. What I, about yeah, our Union was... 15? What? <laughs> it was child labor. It was yeah. crazy. Smoking yeah, how cigarettes in the cornfields. Yeah. <laughs> 15. Filterless. Oh, I wanted to buy a car. Yeah. I needed to, to tassel corn. <laughs> okay. Wait, and you, the tassel you... is the tip like that has, I mean, it's the thing that yes, looks like a tassel. it's the top of the. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Easy, buddy. <laughs> oh, that, that like we okay, right? The part you never see at the store, just in the stock photos exactly. of a cornfield. That's how that's how a city boy puts it together. My mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, from the pictures of the fields, <laughs> yeah. but not what you get at Whole Foods, right? Right. right. You're welcome. Right. When it's already and the cellophane and styrofoam tray that <laughs> yeah. it comes in, that's not in the field either, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. Weirdly oh. enough, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, that's some real. Hardcore shit to be doing. I think like in LA, like your first job's like PAing on someone's like show. Oh, like yeah, that's like our yeah. corn detasseling or like oh. working at some person's store. That's like, yeah, I don't know, I'll hire a kid. Just, oh, just totally, hundred percent. You're like someone's assistant in like. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first job. I moved to LA. Some yeah. woman's assistant. <laughs> when uh, our basketball team, like in Kentucky, to raise money for the basketball team, I have no idea why we needed to do that, but. We would work bingo halls and fish shows. What's like, a fish wait, what show? Mean? A fish, like, like P H I S H. That was one oh, of the wait, things what? you did. It was like go to fish shows and like work, basically work the parking lot and like direct traffic. But then you were at a fish show and like wait. your classmates were there getting fucking high out of their okay. minds. Okay. Uh, hold on. There are that many fish shows that happen. It was an annual like thing. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was just like we had there. There was like an annual horse race that our basketball team always worked the parking lot and an annual fish show. What's so, your favorite fish track? I had a, I was not a, a fish fan. Oh, man. Was, you don't love Trey? That was when I was into the Wu-Tang Clan. And oh, the, you got to pick one. Can't be oh, the yeah. both. You, yeah. That must have been hell then. You're like, fuck this old soft ass. Actually, there was shit. one album that I got into that I can't remember the name of. Like Billy Breathes or something like that. Okay. All right. All right. Aren't fish people intense? Like fish people are like Grateful Dead people. Like they follow them all around. Yeah, the there world. are yeah. certainly. You follow. Yeah. I know people who straight up. follow. I mean, I know people who did follow fish around but yeah it's, yeah it's that same kind of energy where because it's like their shows are just so like they're just so jammy that it's like you go out there off your yeah. board on psychedelics and like you're like right. yeah let's jump rope and you know yeah. do our thing it's like real acid jump rope acid energy <laughs> yeah acid <laughs> that's jump what rope i want to do when i take acid the classic combo of jump roping and man, acid I, <laughs> at raves and like shows where people are on psychedelics i've seen the weirdest objects people use to like get their energy out like i've seen people oh, at raves with it, like led it. jump ropes that are like like you know what i have seen those i have yeah. seen those at it's raves and also when I was I was in the marching band in high school and our drum major who like was the dude who had like the mace and would do all like the fucking twirling and shit. He <laughs> would go to raves with his own like gigantic glow stick and do like the wildest light shows with his drum major skills. And he was like he would wear these baggy Jinko pants. And I remember seeing him like I thought you was a yeah. nerd. And he's like, hell no, I'm the fucking center of attention at this rave. <laughs> so, yeah, people got nice accessories. Very cool. Do you remember those things from the 2000s where it was like those sticks that like... Devil sticks? Yes. That's mm -hmm. all I'm oh, going to say. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Crossover had, appeal to uh, fish shows and and Ren fairs. I feel yes. like that's the Venn diagram there. <laughs> My first interaction with devil sticks was when I went to Interlochen camp in Michigan. And oh, there was like a yeah. kid who was crushing it with devil, <laughs> devil sticks. And I thought it was easy and I was so frustrated. Like I had my mom buy them for me. I sucked and like I broke them and was crying. It was like a whole thing. But, I had a couple wow. of friends who went to Interlock and it might have been them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were devil sick. Because <laughs> my crew was sick with the devil sticks. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was us. That was yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. That was me. Who but us? My wife went to Interlock and I feel like a lot of. I know so many people. I feel like I missed out. I just went to shitty uh, basketball camps. In the oh, Midwest. is she a musician, right, you said? M musician, yeah. yeah no, yeah. she was actually just really good at a uh, hacky sack. Uh, <laughs> her, her skill was. I was plastered all over, like, the brochure the year I went because it wasn't very diverse when I was there. So they're like, and look at this young man who is brown. 
Like, and I was like in three pages and I was like, oh, I'm the star, even though I'm like the third chair trumpet in the, in the youth symphony. Yeah. Oh my All God. right. Uh, we are going to get to know you guys a little bit better in a moment. First, a uh, couple of things we're talking about. The critical race theory, uh, GOP kind of scare politics thing is continuing to be used and apparently it's working. We're going to check in with the police backlash to uh, being criticized by protesters taking last it well year. yeah they're taking it really well and mm, okay. uh they've they're good at dealing with constructive criticism we are gonna talk about just a, a cool thing i read <laughs> about <laughs> you guys read this about how yeah, you guys seen this you heard about this uh, most of the creatures in the world on the planet earth are part of a bioluminescent galaxy that exists uh below the twilight zone in like the pitch black part of the ocean I thought there were like the occasional fish that lit up. Apparently, when you go down there, it's like a constellation of just tons and tons of animals that light up. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the box office. We'll talk about why A Quiet Place 2 is frustrating hearing impaired viewers. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Melissa, Allie, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Oh, well, (laughs) mine is so stupid. Perfect. I just occasionally I'll like pop in or something will pop in my brain, like a memory of like someone I met or like I hooked up with. And I was like, oh, yeah, what happened to that guy I hooked up with like when I was in high school? (laughs) And it was that I met in an AOL chat room. And so the only thing I remember about him was his name was Alex. He spoke (laughs) Russian. He went to Western Michigan University. So I Googled Alex Russian Western Michigan (laughs) University. Clearly did not result in anything and uh, why i like thought that was gonna work yeah oh, more importantly do you remember the screen name no i uh, tried to actually see if i could log back into my old aol email Melissa. but like i haven't checked it in 15 years so it's like <laughs> this is the account has been suspended due to inactivity like, i was oh, like damn what? it i would kill the log into my old aol email oh man yeah i feel like that's i've tried to look for people based on screen names and it, it it never worked, but never worked. I, it, it gave me hope for a second because like sometimes it'll be like search screen names, email addresses, whatever to find somebody in it. Now you always have to end up paying. The last step yeah. is you have to pay. Exactly. <laughs> is it yeah? Is it worth seventy dollars to find out if someone yeah, you met when you it, were eighteen it is, to me. is married <laughs> and has a family now? <laughs> cool. Good for them. You pay enough, you can just look at their webcam right there in the moment. <laughs> oh, see what they're scary. doing right now. Yeah, I bet um, you that would be if, if in a in a near future. That's probably an option. Like for more, do you want to access their ring cameras? Oh, it, it definitely is. is a promise that they make you that, that right. then you pay the money, and they're like, "Psych, you can't do that." Allie, what's something from your search history? Okay, so uh, our producer of our podcast, her name is Maria, and she is obsessed with this bottled oxygen. (laughs) Like, but she like, you know how the the severe elderly or people who are sick have like severe elderly, (laughs) (laughs) tragically 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 elderly. severe geriatric have like oxygen tanks but it's like you have to wheel them around right i swear to god this isn't an ad or a sponsored post but she (laughs) she, you can buy like portable oxygen (laughs) and and just huff it and she's obsessed with it so i googled it and i was like what is the deal with this and i bought like a case of oxygen One of the characters I model my life after, Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet, uh, (laughs) rocks that quite a bit. You get uh, it. What are the benefits of huffing just straight oxygen out the can? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, Aerobic (laughs) performance, recharge and recover, and and it helps with altitude and poor air quality. Oh, so if you're going to climb Everest. Which I do frequently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew this, but oxygen directly fuels 90% of all body and mind functions, and the air is only 21% oxygen. Doesn't this feel like a scam? Like someone's (laughs) like, well, man, if they're bottling water, like why the fuck are we bottling oxygen? There's like nothing in here. This is like computer duster for sure. I remember like in the the early aughts, like there was that whole Mm -hmm. oxygen bar craze where like in Vegas or like vault malls and like the Beverly Center and shit would have like 
come to the oxygen bar and like pick some like tranquility mixed with stress relief. And then you just 100%. like sit there inhaling oxygen. And yes. I felt like it was such a placebo effect for like, I mean, at the time I was like 15. I was like, oh, yeah, OK, this is hitting. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> the strawberry, really the strawberry air. is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's like a hookah. Yeah. Right. I, like 100 percent like Ashton Kutcher had his own like oxygen bar in like WeHo or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It was, it was next to Geisha House. <laughs> yeah. Geisha House. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out you- the Chugi club goers out there that remember the yeah. OGs. If you're there at Privilege, at the underground after hours part of Privilege, let them know baby. one time where you can see oh the people's feet underneath. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking. This is about. LA. This is not LA. I don't get to get LA, LA, LA takes off. Yeah. You know, are you from LA? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Where'd you Valley. go to high school? I went to Notre Dame. Harvard Westlake, baby. Oh, shit. Okay. So that like Molly Lambert went there also. Yes. Like, a guest who's on very regularly. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of, a lot of people. Jacob Soberoff. Yes. Uh, a friend of mine, I think, also went Miles there. Miles Soberoff. Yeah. All his the brother Soberoffs. who makes hot sauce. Yes. Love it. Hell yeah. Cool. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> 818, baby. When you're in A18, your family. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Olive Garden. <laughs> Do you feel any. Like when when you take a hit off of the oxygen take one right now. tank, yeah, could you? Yeah. Could we hear? Could we see? Don't blast one off right now. Oxygen <laughs> Don't into the casinos in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Or that yeah. was always like a thing I'd read. Okay, okay, it just looks like you're vaping with like a. Uh... <laughs> I feel like I'm breathing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't think it does anything to tell you the truth. Okay. You just die in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your eye's bleeding really bad. It's dangerous. <laughs> but I mean, there is like, they say that if you're in a car that goes underwater, you're supposed to like take like five deep puffs of air and like you'll be able to like, I don't know, your blood will be more oxygenated. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. I just tried it when I was holding my breath to impress oh. my three-year-old the other day and <laughs> so it works cute. i was able to do it by like you know huffing big big breaths before i went under and i passed so. out and knocked the tv over yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um no wow. big deal <laughs> Good. what big is boy uh, <laughs> what is something you guys think is overrated well i this might be controversial or not golf mm. Mm. Not on my podcast. Not <laughs> on my podcast. No, Do you joking. want me to leave? No, I, I, I hate leave. golf. I'm I want you to leave so we can follow board. you to the, the protest <laughs> at the country club. I can't. It's it's boring. It's very boring. It's not easy. No. And it mm. takes so much time to be good at it. So it, And it's expensive. You have to like. Point. That's the point. It's not. It's not quick. It's not easy. It does take skill. And it does take patience. That's the point. Like that's why it's so good. <laughs> and it's so it, yeah. You have to apply for memberships to go to these country clubs. You can be denied a membership. It's very like elitist and like oh, rich yeah. people. Yeah, and it takes up the best parts of Los oh Angeles God. and so a lot much of space. Towns. Yeah, yeah, so much space. You could build so many houses where all these dumb golf courses are. So it's yeah. it's overrated. So we'd, have the, we'd have like 900 amazing central parks if they're yeah. just like, all right, bring the gates down and just be like, hey, y'all can fucking this, enjoy the earth so crazy. in the city. To understand L.A., yeah, all you have to really understand is that imagine that in Manhattan, if they just walled off Central Park and only rich people were allowed to go <laughs> right. there. Yeah. Yeah. You had to pay two hundred thousand dollars to like have a have access to it. What is, Ali, something you think is overrated? Mine is also probably will be uh, controversial for some people, but for me, it's Chrissy Teigen. <gasps> oh, shots fired. Wow. I'm, just, I'm just over it. Just like log off. I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to know your business. I don't care about like how you're feeling, what you're doing, your redemption tour. I just like, I, I don't need to know <laughs> about what's going on with you. And it's weird that you think the whole world always needs to know what's going on with you. I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. There's a, there's like a weight. She, it almost feels like, like I have this burden to carry the world on my shoulders. And like, yeah, I, I have to get this medium post off to let people know where I'm at yeah. since I it's, lost my target money. It's like we've all, she thinks we've all been waiting to <laughs> yeah, hear right. from her. <laughs> and like, and, and with bated breath, I have wondering, been. I've been, yeah. Waiting. Well, I mean, well, Melissa has, but like, we've all <laughs> been waiting with bated breath to hear how Chrissy Teigen is doing. 
And it's like, I don't care. Just live your life. And that will be so much better than you constantly being online. That's, that's what just we need from you. Go hang out like on an island for like a year. Just like hang out with her family. Like she doesn't need to be on the Internet. Like just enjoy your life. I wish her no ill will. Like I wish her yeah. nothing but the best. Yeah. I hope she I hope she's happy and Go kind and thriving. I think I just like I I don't I don't need to hear from her. I don't think anyone needs to hear from her. Like I think it would be a benefit to her if she if Yeah, she I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's just like I get it, you know. You're you're saying I I fucked up. I need to grow as a person. Okay, go grow, and then you know, right, do, right, do your growth. That's it. That's and like, then don't, nothing. As long as you're not out here <laughs> denying you said anything. Like I never yeah. said anything. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm fine. I'm good. Take yeah, a break, and then don't come back and be like, guys. I know that was hard on me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I will say. And like, I don't even want to get into her apology, but like her her amends or her apology was all about like her growth and how she's doing and like what she learned uh, on a public level and not at all specifically like about the people who she called out or who she hurt on a public level. And all these people are like, she ruined my career and she ruined my life in front of millions of people. Like say specifically sorry to them publicly if you did, if you, you know, demolish their careers publicly as well. You know, it was just like all mm. about her. And it's just like, I don't care. Goodbye. Just go do your thing. It's just mm. weird to also see like other celebs ride this wave. Cause today I was reading like Leona Lewis was saying like, oh, I know Michael Costello has something to say about Chrissy Teigen. You say, well, I have something to say about Michael Costello. And you're like, what the yeah, fuck? It's just like, it's let's all talk about things that are more ending. important. Granted, yeah. I'm perpetuating it right now. Like I'm talking yeah. about it here. But it's the just, PR you know, wave right now. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something you guys think is, underrated i'm gonna say possums wow i like that this might be controversial oh yeah (laughs) perfect i love it but possums okay so i started putting out food outside my house at the beginning of quarantine because like i saw like a couple of cats walking by like i'm gonna put out food now i have a cat that i named skeletor that basically lives in my front yard i feed it Three times a day, it oh, sleeps shit. in Three the dirt. Squares? Okay, it's it's my it's my cat. It's my outdoor cat, and I also have possums and raccoons and skunks, and I put out a little camera so I could see them. Possums are adorable. I know mm. they look like scary, like pointy cats with like fifty five mm. teeth inside, yeah. but they're so nice, and they eat a lot of ticks. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't eat, have rabies. And they don't have rabies. Yep. My mom is the same, the same crew as you. She's been, she started off with her seeing a possum once and she is like the North Hollywood possum lady. (laughs) She's a card carrying member of like the North American, like a possum society. And she's like a possum of, and at the first I was like, yo, don't feed them nasty. What the fuck are you doing? like, they're fine. They're docile. They don't have rabies. The scars on their faces are because they don't see well. And they, they, they go around the world using the front of their face. That's why it gets all scarred up. It's not because they're nasty and getting in fights. That's just how they make sense. And they carry their babies on their backs yeah wow yeah they'll have like five little possums like just hang like carrying around on their backs until they're big enough which is how my mom carries her possum on me yeah yeah carries carries me to this day (laughs) so they know the back rides for baby this is my mommy that's why i'm I'm riding on her back Um, possums mine is cold showers instead of hot showers. Oh, shit. Okay. Really good for you, actually good for your nervous system. It's like uh people do those like cryo, you know, like you go in that like freezing chamber and it's mm-hmm. just easier and you can do it from home, like a cold plunge. It just rejuvenating, gives you more energy than a hot shower. You'll be surprised. Try it out. It doesn't have to be a full <laughs> cold shower, just like go cold for 15 seconds at the end of your shower and it will It's like a I love dose doing of that. Caffeine. I love doing that. Yeah, I see. So you do a cold water floater on top of your hot shower. Hell yeah, baby! And then I take a dose of that oxygen, and I'm ready to go. Invigorated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. This is the races. one of those things that Seinfeld really influenced for me. And now, like, I'm just realizing that as you say it. Like, I I think when I was younger, liked cold showers because they like wake you up. And then there was that part in 
Seinfeld where somebody claims to take a cold shower and Seinfeld's like, cold showers, they're for psychotics. And well, there you go. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like that just resonated with me. And that's right, guy who dates kids. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I just, I need to go through and just remove all Seinfeld assumptions from my brain. Cause, yeah, yeah, I get it. But I mean, like, I could have been the president. <laughs> Why too much Seinfeld? Just galaxy brain all of a sudden. <laughs> what if airport peanuts aren't too small? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about the news. And we're back. And the Biden administration has been a little strange for the lack of kind of scandals coming from the right. Like they, I haven't heard about him wearing a the wrong suit to anything uh, the way that we, we did when Obama was in power. The, you know, Fox News just could bring up anything about him and like their majority racist viewership was just ready to hate him. But Biden looks exactly like their majority racist viewership. So now they and I think also his policies are pretty popular. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't they, remember they didn't want to talk about the stimulus because people right. were like, yeah, I need money from the government. Are you kidding me? I don't I'm not working right now. So they're like, uh, talk about Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> yeah, so now they have to talk about Mr. Potato Head, Dr. Seuss. And the big one these days is now critical race theory. Yeah. And it's 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 completely like like you said, it's we're in a whole new environment where they can't even focus on even the low hanging fruit, which would be like, what has Joe Biden actually done from his campaign promises? Because I would if you're looking for something to be critical of, that's something you could go down a list and be like, well, where's that student debt relief? Uh, Where was that that weird math where twenty one hundred certainly turned into a different amount of uh, stimulus money? But now it's critical race theory. And we've talked about before how. This has been a conscious effort to create this like outrage over it. And the numbers, I think, are starting to show that this is very clear. Fox News mentioned critical race theory 552 times in the previous 11 months. And then wow. it ramped up in Jeez. the last three, which with there's another number that's like over 600. And it's only gotten more and more. Last week, they shoehorned it into coverage 125 times in Jesus five days. God. And then so then... You see, we've seen all their coverage or a lot of coverage in the media of this has been, you know, people in Florida or Texas, like governors and legislators trying to be like, we got to stop teaching this or like scenes of like outraged, like racist parents at these school board meetings. being like, don't teach them history. What is this? It's destroying us. And yeah, the biggest thing that's just the biggest miss of all of this, or at least in the reporting, is that, first of all, it's a decades old academic discipline. But on top of it. This is taught at the graduate level, like when you are in university. This isn't we didn't grow up with like, all right, kids, now open up your critical race theory books as like first graders. So all of the energy is completely misplaced. And this is all by design because they just need this catch all outrage topic to get people sort of they just need an energy to exploit. And yeah, I think the more you you hear what how people talk about it, you're like, do they even know what this is? Or this is just the new dog whistle that can play a bunch of different tunes. Right. Didn't like one of them was one of the conservative politicians was asked to describe like what critical race theory is. Mm -hmm. And the the person whose last name is Pringle, uh, appropriately enough, said, yeah, from Alabama. Uh, it basically teaches that certain children are inherently bad people because of the color of their skin, period. Huh? That's Which, a lot to unpack. <laughs> these people. From whose perspective? These people, when they were doing the training programs and the government, if you don't buy into what they taught you 100%, they sent you away to a re-education camp. Uh, 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 hmm? What do you mean? Ooh. The white male executives are sent to a three-day re-education camp where they were told that their white male culture wasn't there. Okay, let's just we'll stop him there. I, yeah, it's huh, <laughs> sir? Are you okay? Because this is like just hearing that in the in the wake of the uprisings last summer, there were companies saying like, "We need racial sensitivity training because there are clear blind spots from a corporate mm. culture that need mm. to be addressed." 
Yeah. And then this is now turned into they're what they're fucking their heads are bagged and they're thrown into a fucking van and then driven like right. to the dark side of town for like have God, their eyes damn. peeled open to watch like a bunch of fucking rap videos. I don't know what the fuck they think this is. <laughs> and it goes on still like the other like attacks are people saying, quote, minority students are going to suffer the most from this. When you teach students that the system uh-huh. is against them, they have no motivation to learn. They are not going to try to work. They are not going to try to improve themselves. Wow, oh. Seinfeld was doing that part. It sounded like. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> they're, gonna, they're not going to improve themselves. He says, I mean, this whole idea that it's like, oh, thank you, the savior person, for saving me from being defeated by acknowledging that I'm surviving in a racist construct. Yeah. Like, what, what exactly is the concern there? And I think this has been going, it's, it's just gaining more and more momentum. But I think this is the part where you really see what it's all about. Because underneath it, it's just like the other threats are that it will lead kids to Marxism. And this is the last thing that this guy Pringle said. He said, quote, this is still the greatest country that ever, ever been in the history of the world. Okay. Uh, and the radical left is trying to destroy that and tear us apart and divide this country based on race and class, which is exactly what they do in communist countries. Uh-huh. I don't so you don't so you don't yeah. know what communism is either. <laughs> okay, cool. God damn, they love comparing things to like concentration camps and like just implying. Did you see that? What's her face, Marjorie? Whatever. Yeah, I was just gonna say like as one of them is apologizing for comparing masks to. Uh, yeah, she's like, I had the no Holocaust. idea. Like, was she not? Also, it took taught... you forty years to go to a Holocaust museum. Like, yeah, yeah. were right. you not taught that? Was she not taught that? And so, this is why we need better education because well, right. she didn't know what the Holocaust was. And then she's like, like "Y'all, I was just in that museum. <laughs> it what happened. The... Have you guys it seen this? <laughs> she literally said, "Hey, it happened." Uh-huh. Like, are you what? Where's you? Where they just you don't know. From? I saw this. I saw this TikTok the other day. Where this like Republican lady was complaining about the Quaker Oats guy on the canister uh-huh. and was like, if we're going to change Aunt Jemima, we should get rid of this slave owner on the this can of oats. Wow. And like someone was like, great, that's not a slave owner. That's a Quaker. That's a completely <laughs> different. Right. That's not a slave owner. You they don't like, they, that. Just no one knows what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then I think even with that Marjorie Taylor Greene comment, it's like. It just shows you how much of a threat these kinds of people are when this yeah. is their worldview. And then they enter the yeah. halls of Congress to, you know, drum up legislation that is trying to reinforce their worldview where maybe the Holocaust. Had, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe Terrifying. Really fucked up. Views Were you there? On... Were you there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's like her. It's so crazy. I went to like a shitty public school in Michigan and I know about the Holocaust, like at the very least. Right. Or I maybe know you didn't have is. parents at home that were saying, you know, it didn't happen. It Deniers didn't, I don't know what they're teaching right. you. Because right. I, in eighth grade, we took a trip to D.C. I, I may have told this story before. Before we were going into the Holocaust Museum, our teachers, before we got off the bus, said, hey, I just want to let you know, we got a letter from a parent that said that the Holocaust never happened. And that they didn't want they didn't want your classmate in to go to this uh, museum. Oh, my God. I just want to let all of you know, I'm not going to say who it is, but I just want to let you know that there are people who are going to deny what all of the things you are about to see in this museum. And it was really poignant. Wow. It was like it was like everyone was like, yo, what the fuck? And I mean, growing in L.A., we're like, we saw Schindler's List. It was best picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, Schindler's then we go in and that was sort of wild. That was my first time even hearing that people were like, what do you, but that shit happened. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't, for know, that I didn't know about Holocaust deniers until maybe like 10 years ago. I had no idea it was a thing. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> Very cool. Cool time we live in. Cool, cool. Marjorie Taylor Greene. What, what, cool, a, cool what a threat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the police real quick. Uh, they're back in the news, these guys. Oh, boy. So uh, one just kind of smaller scale thing, but the manager from the Shake Shack that supposedly poisoned the milkshakes, air quotes oh, around poison, God. is suing the NYPD because yeah, yeah they arrested him. Uh, interrogated him for hours, like continued. Really? To, yeah. And I didn't this know was, that part. This was after 
they knew like after it they didn't happen. Yeah. They went to the emergency room. Uh. The emergency people were like, you, you did not drink bleach. Like, that's just not a not a thing that happened to you. <laughs> Stop resisting. What? <laughs> so they came to him. were like, this tastes a little off. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And gave them vouchers. Uh, they come back two hours later and arrest him after going oh. to the emergency room. And then their union immediately, like, reports that they were poisoned on, and it, like, goes viral because, again, yeah. the right just needs something to complain about. But on to kind of the bigger stuff is just the general reaction, backlash by the police to just the fact that they were criticized, openly criticized. There are now, like, more and more documented examples of police refusing to answer calls for help and being like, well, you should have not defunded us then. Oh, come on. And there's this argument that conservatives have been making since Ferguson. It's called the Ferguson effect. And it claims that because people protested the police, there was a spike in the murder rate. And that's because like the police were scared or something. And the facts are that the police when they are protest, just disassociate, just like check out and will not protect those people. And like I, I've talked about how I have like anecdotal cases where somebody was robbed and called the police and they were like came the next day and were like, sorry, but you guys shouldn't have like talked to your council person and tell them they shouldn't have defunded us. And like the funding change oh is tiny. It's like almost non-existent. It's not real. It's just the police being fucking petulant. Right. And yeah, I don't know. And I feel like this story is being covered in the margins, but it's not like there's evidence that NYPD response time to like crimes in progress has dropped since the protests, even though ambulance response time has like gotten quicker because there are fewer cars on the road because of the pandemic. And it's not a like the police are like, yeah, because people were retiring because they their feelings were hurt. It's just like, well, fucking hire new people like yeah, these aren't good. If you yeah. if your feet, that's that means you aren't the kind of person who should be protecting or serving fucking anybody rather than your own like racist fantasies that you've you entered the force with. And I think it's also just when you see things like that, too, you're like, well, what is what is what do the police really do? You know what I mean? Because right. like, do they prevent crime? I'm not right. sure. Is that is that how we nope. prevent crime by having the police? I don't think so. I think it's because people are destitute and resort to extra legal things to survive or because the nature of trying to survive puts people in a different mindset. Your behavior is completely different. It's this example. I always say is like same reason why you don't see a lot of cops in Beverly Hills. Same reason you don't see a lot of cops mm -hmm. in Burbank unless you're brown and you're driving down Magnolia and your system's too loud. But like that whole idea is those areas are well supported. So because of that, there's not the same sort of forces acting on people to commit crimes. And I think they, to, to think like, oh, man, you just got to have more boots in there. Just brutalizing people. No, that's that's it's all it's all fucking it's all a, it's just a myth. And yeah, I wonder why there is less sort of energy to cover this, because it felt like if this came out sort of last summer, this would have been reported more. But I think it also shows totally. how the media has a, a role to play in upholding these systems of oppression by saying like, well, we can make it hot to a point and then we'll ease off and then we won't really give substantive reporting on this. Right. There's this writer, Thomas Apt, A-B-T, who had just released a book called Bleeding Out that's sort of a manifesto for targeting violence. And the book points out that Basically, all the methods that the police use to police neighborhoods where a lot of murders happen are counterproductive. And we're seeing like Biden's uh, infrastructure bill, which is going to get watered down. But like at least it started out with a lot of this guy's ideas, like really well funded in it. And I know that at a local level, a bunch of different city councils passed funding for non-police, like emergency response, uh, which mm -hmm. is something we've talked about on the show as like, yeah, if there's a mental health issue or basically any issue that doesn't involve somebody who is physically 
harming somebody, like send, so, there should be an option to call somebody who's not the police, basically. Right. Um, and that is, we're, we're starting to see a little bit more funding. So there is small victories, but it, it just isn't really breaking through to the mainstream just how toxic the police response to those protests has, have been. But we'll have a lot of articles about this in the uh, footnotes. It should be like almost disqualifying. You know what I mean? Like if that's your behavior to say like, exactly. It's like, exactly. well, look, honey, I didn't, I couldn't clean the gutters because you asked me to to get the garage tidy. If I have, look, if you didn't ask me to do that, I could have done the other thing. So, like, it's that same shitty logic of, well, you inconvenienced me, so now I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna have this resentment and uh, completely disengage from my work, and it just, at like that in and of itself should be such a horrifying thing for people to learn that these people are like even exercising that kind of agency to be like, nah, I'm not going to respond While we're still paying them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. With our money. With our real American dollars. I mean, the fact that there is one type of person who's allowed to just go up and shoot someone based on their judgment and not face any legal repercussions, you would think that that would be the most you know, scrutinized group of people in the world, right? Like we would, we would be all over those people. And when we even try to like give them a modicum of like responsibility for the actions of their worst, the people who are just wantonly killing people, they react like this. It's just such a broken system. Like it really makes mm -hmm. you have, realize why people are asking for the abolition of of police well it's because they help protect the property from the billionaires that don't actually pay their salaries which is the whole irony of it too right right <laughs> all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk about a cool thing i read And we're back. And every once in a while, I read an article in the New Yorker, and it makes me really proud. And so I have to like tell everybody about it. That usually that I read something in the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll just do a whole segment on a cartoon that I read and like why the joke was funny. Um, <laughs> sometimes I don't even get it. I'm informed later by the listeners. Like, no, that actually wasn't the joke. But. Um, <laughs> anyways, I just have my mind blown by this article about kind of the deepest parts of the ocean, which we've actually been talking about uh, on the show in the context of like unidentified aerial phenomenon and submerged phenomenon, because, you know, these like white Tic Tacs that people keep seeing tend to be around bodies of water and around the ocean. And so some people uh, speculate that that's where they're coming from is like the seafloor. But this just kind of blew my mind just in general with, without any uh context of of aliens that <laughs> so the they're only only the top layers of the oceans are illuminated there's the sunlight zone which extends about 700 feet the twilight zone which goes down another 2600 feet and then everything below that there's just not there's no light and down there, like every, the light is created by the animals themselves. There's like bioluminescence. And apparently bioluminescence has developed in like 50 different ways. It's not like everybody figured out the same trick evolutionarily. It, they all developed like in different ways using different methods. And it's super cool. So this explorer like goes down there. It's apparently really, really hard to get to that depth because, you know, you have to lower a camera. You would be like crushed as a... Uh, for the most part. And when they get down there, uh, explorers are always like, it's like a fireworks show down there. It's not, it's not like oh, every wow. once in a while there's, there's a glowing animal. It's like, they're just everywhere. Because oh, it's like the, some avatar type shit. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> wow, it's like some avatar shit. And That's it's amazing. And there's so many animals down there that are, are bioluminescent that this scientist says that she estimates that it's most of the creatures on the planet, like most of the organisms on the planet Earth are down in that zone. 
And we just like, like yeah, because we don't know what's down there. There's yeah, so we just much don't know. Crazy shit. There's <laughs> aliens so down there. Wild. People are yeah. like, there's aliens in the sky. I'm like, guys, have you been in the oceans? Even, yeah. There's aliens down there. <laughs> they don't even know what's down there. No, <laughs> they have to yeah. look outside the planet. Is this like, because I always see like whenever I've seen like those planet Earth type things, those are always the most fascinating sections yeah. for me because I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, I've seen birds like and I've seen all this other creatures. stuff, but like all of this I don't know, technology or these evolutionary traits that they've developed. It really is. It shows you like we there's so little uh, that we really <laughs> yeah. know. And but when you say that most of the organisms, you mean like numerically in terms of the number of like different species like that? There's just no, I think it's species, the number like the of, of life. animals, the, wow. the number of animals like there's so many wow. down there. And yeah, so that's like the thing that, yeah, I've seen the you know, the David Attenborough nature documentaries. And I always got the impression like, yeah, there's like a handful of these like really cool, like bioluminescent creatures down there. But for the most part, it's supposed to be like a desert down there. And this scientist is like, no, it's incredibly like active and full of life and full of like glowing, uh, just wild. It's like a, it's like a light show down there. Terrifying. Um, yeah. yeah, you know who um is just recently hosted a nature show and it's like the most distracting thing of all time. Ross from Friends, David Schwimmer, <laughs> and it's I like know. I cannot get through it with his voice being the one. It's like Whoa. the beautiful gazelle. Like it's so bad. <laughs> How is he? D- Wait, what? <laughs> it's on like Discovery joke. Plus or something. Holy yeah, that's a so joke. bad. They're trolling us. I thought it was a joke and it's so serious. And I was like, who is this for? I guess Friends fans. It's so bad. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, great scientific commentary when I think (laughs) David Schwimmer. I'm like, great facial performances. I think it's because he was a paleontologist on the show. So they're like, he should do. I don't know. Maybe they have some fucked up data that suggests like this, like Venn diagram (laughs) overlap of Friends fans and people who like the like like nature shit too maybe the algorithm it feels like a netflix type combo we're like no it sounds stupid but it's just doing numbers (laughs) yes i mean that makes total sense like friends is one of the most popular streaming shows of all time and people like nature like yeah i I think a lot of people watch nature documentaries on there so if george stanza narrated a nature documentary (laughs) i would listen please him talking the about was angry or... that day, my friend. Yes. <laughs> That's literally, I made a reference to that yesterday, on yesterday's episode. Well, oh my God. there you go. Great uh, one. A lot of Seinfeld re- uh, references. All right. Let, let's talk about the box office. Uh, I was very disappointed to see that the movie In the Heights bombed. Like, I think people were saying, like, at least they were expecting at least 20 million at the box office and it made 11 and also nobody watched it on hbo max it had fewer people watch it than cruella and cruella cost like 30 dollars and in the heights was free oh and more people paid to see cruella Cruella than people than to watch watch in the heights Heights cruella was good that's what i've heard i've heard i'm sorry cruella was good it was really bad i don't think that's a hot take (laughs) It was bad. <laughs> it was rid- oh. it was ridiculous. <laughs> but I was, was entertained super- the whole time. I heard it tells the truth about those fucking Dalmatians, right? Oh, they're yeah. evil and will kill your mother. <laughs> they should have been dead. Yeah. Allie was furious. Allie was I literally texting. said it as a joke where I was like, what is the origin gonna story going to be that Dalmatians killed her family? And then that was yep. the origin story. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But that happens I mean, like in the first scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first scene. Yeah. If that's like her Bruce Wayne moment. Like yeah. The devil in the pale moonlight. Like, <laughs> it's oh like, my god. These hundred and one Dalmatians <laughs> mauled my family. <laughs> I haven't watched it, which I I should have like wanted to watch it. I was like a in a dark period of my life, a real Hamilton dork. Uh, I saw it in the Heights on Broadway, loved it, was really like rooting for this movie. And I just think they fucked up the marketing. Like they, it just seemed like the what marketing, yeah, the same way exactly. that like, the, all the ads I saw for it just, it seemed like it was just another like West Side Story type thing, like, or, mm-hmm. you know, a musical set in modern New York. And, 
it, it was like they were the the thing that's cool about it is the way that like the rapping like carries the story forward and it has like you know a momentum of its own and they just like don't have that in almost any of the trailers or commercials for it it, it reminded me of like when they released frozen and like just made it made the first trailer about Olaf the snowman mm-hmm. because they were like <laughs> scared that people would see that it had two sisters at the center instead of like a guy and a girl and would like wouldn't watch it they were like hiding the thing oh, that wow. was good about it because mm-hmm. it was unorthodox basically yeah i mean i i'm sure like the all the sort of controversy around like the colorism and things like that. I yeah. know that that's consumed like a lot of the coverage recently more than me even hearing what people thought of the films. Like sure. Miranda apologizes, you know, for the lack of representation of like Afro Latinx people that could have been in the film and things like that. So I, yeah, I don't, and the, the trailers almost seemed like it was like a, I, I, it didn't register to me that it's a musical. I know it's a musical, but when I watched the stuff yeah, that was on I TV, I'm like, I didn't know either. Yeah, I didn't know either. But like a very high energy action film with dancing or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. I thought. And there was like a case. You think it was Mission Impossible? <laughs> high energy <laughs> action escape, film. Yeah, escape with dancing. The <laughs> There's also like something that felt sort of Obama administration era about like how I don't know. It was just like really on the nose. Like he's wearing a a shirt that says Nueva York in the trailer. Like, it's like, yes, we're in New York and we are part Spanish of the Latin speakers, community. Yeah. Yes, Nueva York. But yeah, anyways, the, the marketing just felt like it was kind of uh, selling it short, according to people who have seen it, which, yeah, is the problem. Uh, I'm bummed to see it didn't do better. And then when's West Side Story come out? Like in like yeah, two exactly. days or some shit? It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who who planned out their release schedule here? Like, hey, you're going toe to toe with Spielberg's West Side Story. <laughs> well, I like, think uh, the pandemic planned it out, like made right. it all go. But yeah, I do think they were supposed to come out in the same year during the pandemic. Because so. I remember during the Oscars when we began, I that was when I began to see even more West Side Story and in the Heights like footage. I was like, this is confusing to me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm mixing up the two in my head right now. And I don't, mm-hmm. I'm certainly that doesn't help, but yeah. Again, um, something that if you showed the wrapping would have like made it a very like bright, clear line. difference. The, right. the wrapping in West Side Story is supposed to be not very good. <laughs> I've been told it was all written by Macklemore, right? Oh, no. <laughs> A- Alan Menken and Macklemore. <laughs> Asher Roth. Yeah. Asher Roth. Also, uh, just checking back on something we've speculated about the idea that like streaming shows aren't really as popular as we treat them i guess a lot a lot of the time like that loki show that everyone was talking about a week ago this guy scott mendelson from forbes who i think is one of the smartest people writing about kind of the entertainment industry was pointing out that like the equivalent of eight million dollars worth of ticket sales saw that show like the opening week like for a marvel thing it would have been a complete like disaster Mm. but people treated it like oh loki is like a a big show and it's like no nobody nobody really watches that shit but we treat it like it's a it's a we treat it like it's another marvel movie or something so anyways good luck good luck to them (laughs) good luck to those guys i wish them the best good luck to disney good luck to loki yeah i hope they make it hope they make it hope they i mean they're 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 so uh they're they're known for being very uh economic uh, with their money so i think they'll survive yeah, no, I I do have high hopes for that company. I think they're going places. <laughs> they're going places. I the only reason that I want to watch that is for what's his name, Owen Wilson. I I, I miss seeing Owen Wilson and stuff. I love Owen Wilson. What's he in? Mm-hmm. What's he in? Loki. Yeah. What thing? Oh, he is. Oh, shit. yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, there was like a little piece of viral marketing where Tom Hiddleston did a uh, Owen Wilson impression <laughs> to like at a press junket and. People were like, oh, I'm so here for this, like, Owen Wilson impression. And it was, like, so bad. It was just him doing a fucking American accent. I was like, what are you doing? What's happening? All right. uh, Let's talk about the 
movie people are actually watching was which is a quiet place Two, which yeah it kind of became the first pandemic era movie to make more than 100 million dollars at the u.s box office which again like you talk about people that we root for here john krasinski's designer sock vendor business that's we we're always concerned that that's making enough money so i'm <laughs> uh, happy to see him have good things happen for him so there's a minor controversy in the UK about the lack of subtitled screenings offered to the public on this movie, which is like the protagonist of this movie is a deaf character played by a deaf actress um, and like a huge breakthrough and like creating a role model for hearing impaired viewers. And they just like aren't showing it in a format that would be like possible for deaf people to watch yeah and this kind of story like jm our writer kind of did a deep dive into just what the whole process like what it means when they say okay closed captioning devices are available like that's just a little screen that they give you that plugs into your cup holder some somehow and it just like says the words on it, but you have to like look back and forth between the screen and like oh. this tiny little screen in front of you, mm -hmm. uh, which sucks. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> people are like, this is awful. Like, yeah. And it's also like, all of it is like based off the dumbest presumptions on how people watch movies or what would repel someone from going to a movie or attract someone to going to a movie. Like the idea is like, well, we can't, we can't have more open caption films. People don't go. Right. And that's why. So in the UK, they do open caption, which is like putting the captions on and just on the screen. And like there's a certain number of movies that have them, which seems to be the better option. Yeah, for it's way better. Everybody. But it, there's a controversy because they're just not doing enough of them in the UK right now. But so there's been a push to do open captioning in the US. And like theater owners have basically like, just sandbagged any efforts to do this like they they'll be like okay yeah we want to we're going to do a study where we like do open captioning and see if it like changes the box office and then they'll like put open captioning on like mm. cats like on a thursday morning and yeah. then like oh put not op open captioning on avengers endgame on a friday night and be like well i think that speaks for itself mm. guys we can't yeah, we can't we're, do open caption. We're going to be drowned. We're going to drown in just ugh, the loss of profit from doing this. It's but like I watch, I my wife and I keep the closed captioning on. Yeah, I all, do too. All streaming content that we watch. Like, I always have I closed like captioning on my do. TV. Right. Like, no, what, that's what that's the, the case. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, like just analysis that shows people who like watch even TV shows or Netflix with it on aren't hard of hearing or hearing impaired like it's because a lot i remember like i first started doing it when deadwood came out because like the dialogue <laughs> yeah. is so dense and like you know colloquial and of the time that i was like i need to see the words they're saying so i can like, <laughs> yeah, ingest same. it and yeah. it's been a thing that carries on like certain things sometimes i'm like uh sometimes they'll distract me from actually like looking at like the cinematography and whatever but right. for the most part i don't mind it and that's what's like so bizarre because there's not it doesn't seem like there's a sentiment from people who wouldn't require open caption to be like, I would never. Yeah, I don't go. think people are vehemently against it. I don't think there's going to be like protests outside AMC, like, right? You know, with misspelled crazy. signs because they yeah. can't actually read. <laughs> They're like, oh, you actually yeah. didn't think about it, actually. <laughs> and even like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's even like this thing with like uh, during the pandemic, like a lot of child development people were saying, like, if your kids are going to watch TV, like, put the captions on because at yeah. least they'll be reading when they're yeah. like, very oh, passively yeah. begin reading. Like it's not a bad thing to do. So it's what I did instead of send my kids to school for the right. past exactly. couple of years. Yeah. Seinfeld reruns over and over. Yeah. 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 I mean, apparently game of Thrones was a big people have looked at. There was a huge uptake in people who just leave the subtitles on for game of Thrones because it was like hard to kind of figure out. Okay. That, person is actually different from that guy with the white beard those are somehow <laughs> oh, different yeah. people and should have had that for mayor of east town <laughs> right yeah. yeah 
they actually had to, this would also be really helpful for Christopher Nolan movies. So <laughs> oh my feel, God. I feel like he intentionally fucks up the sound on he his does. movies. He does. I couldn't and, hear a word of Tenet. Right. Oh, yeah. So there's a, there was a theater in Milwaukee that just made it exclusively open caption screenings because Good. Tenet was so hard to understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. It's really that fucked up. It's so yes. but you have you seen it? It's so nah. impossible. The music is so loud, like the action is so oh, loud. Oh, so the mix. Talking. Oh, right, right, right. The mix it's terrible. But wow. I, mean, this I has literally been thought since, something like, was wrong with my TV. Right. Our, this has been since Bane in uh Dark Knight Rises, like he, they like kept having to like fuck with the mix because it was just completely off and nobody could understand what he was saying. Dunkirk was fucking violent like the the sound in that was like aggressive and like damaging and then now apparently tenet is you you just can't hear it (laughs) like i don't i don't know what's happening at all (laughs) to be fair nobody knows what's going on in that movie so right none of it makes (laughs) sense (laughs) right but you would think that you would make sure people could understand the words that people were saying but that's sort of the experience that yeah, i want to part of it baby have, <laughs> sort of this Sorry. disorienting situation where you're not uh, quite sure uh, what's happening chris okay, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well i walked out because i didn't know what was happening i was just gonna say we should watch tenet but we are watching uh for this week i guess it'll be tomorrow's episode or monday's yeah. episode we'll talk about a Netflix show uh, recommended by super producer Anna Hosnier called We Are the Champions. So if anybody wants to watch that with us and talk about it, we'll talk about it on Anna's streaming corner on Monday's episode. Give you a couple days with that. Well, guys, this has been so fun uh, having you on the show. Uh, Where can people find you and follow you, Melissa? You can follow me at on Twitter, I'm at Melissa Stetton and Instagram and whatever. And then Web Crawlers, our podcast about like mysteries and true crime and cults and stuff. It's at Web Crawlers Pod on Twitter. And then just search Web Crawlers on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Allie, yeah. where can people find you and follow you? On Twitter, I am online Allison, A L I S O N. And on Instagram, I am Allie Baby 90. It was my first AOL screen name. I don't consider myself baby but yeah oh, that's yeah. and then uh web crawlers <laughs> podcast on uh spotify itunes wherever podcasts are wait you're ally baby 90 from aol <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it's so I've good to finally you. meet you <laughs> <laughs> um and wow. is there a tweet you guys have been enjoying it's so random it's from sean o'connor and it said, there is a skeleton in the movie Coco with some big ass naturals. My question is how? <laughs> I don't know. I've been thinking about that tweet for a week and it just uh, is so funny to me. That is so He's so good. <laughs> Mine is from Noah Garfinkel and it's uh, Yoda is short for your dad. Your dad. <laughs> <laughs> So good. <laughs> Shout out to Noah. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, if you want to talk 90 day, check out the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, where you know we get high talking 90 day. You um, like 90 yeah. day fiance? We like 90 day fiance. Well, then let's we might oh, have to have a side God. combo after this. <laughs> <laughs> and a tweet that I like is from Oh No She Twittin' at Oh No She Twittin't. The Volatile Mermaid and tweeting. So Governor Pete Ricketts of Nebraska, I believe, is he he tweeted something said critical race theory is an attack on our country's core values. And she sort of quote tweeted that with the picture of Regina from Mean Girls. where He says, so you agree. You think our country's <laughs> core value is racism, um, which is just like, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's happening when these people say this out loud. You're like, so you get that you're so really the. The whole argument is we want to hide the racist history. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Tweet I've been enjoying. Bailey Moon tweeted, God removed the McRib from the menu so Ronald McDonald could suck his own dick. Uh, (laughs) And then Shireen, Lonnie Eunice, Shirohiro666 
tweeted who wrote this about me and it's a a reductress headline that says yikes this woman made a self-deprecating joke then friends started consoling her (laughs) (laughs) too real way too real uh you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you should go check out. Miles, what is the song we think uh, the people should hear? They should check out a track called Feel Like by this artist, Aaron May. And it's got like this, it starts off feeling like something, you know, your aunts and uncles are listening to at a family, you know, outing or some shit. Starts smooth, but it has like a a smooth jazz, trappy soul vibe to it. And I just love like this sort of convergence of many different styles, but it's very easy to listen to. So yeah, check that out. Feel Like by Aaron May. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.